Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. And welcome back. Woohoo! You are here with Mr. Kevin Thole and Mr. Jim Paconan. Hello, everybody. So, Kevin, I have an interesting thought for our topic for the podcast today. What about dealing with those people in recovery? especially this time of year as we're emerging from COVID, as we're coming back out, how are we going to deal with them? Dealing with people like uh, <laughs> us is typically pretty awful. Um, but I actually, I really like this. And, it it and, used uh, to be pretty awful. I think it's, I think it's getting much better now. It is. Yeah. Now that we're, so we, we should definitely clarify people in <laughs> recovery are probably not so hard to deal with people in early sobriety or people trying to get in sobriety or people that are active in addiction not so great to deal with we're allowed to make fun of ourselves and kind of talk trash on ourselves so that's that's what i'm doing no i I like that and i think especially now you, you know you said coming out of covid but with the holidays coming up i think it's extremely 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 important for people to understand how to deal with those people whether they're in early recovery early sobriety just starting out uh, maybe you're even just trying to get sober. I think there's a lot of different things we could talk about on ways to help support them, but also how to be there for them. You know, yeah. you don't always, sometimes just being there for someone is, is enough support than that they need. You don't always have to be doing something crazy to help them. And really, when you say how to be there for them, how to be there so as not to trigger them back into their addiction or trigger you into an unhealthy emotion that does not serve you. I like that, Jim. I always forget on how to help support people when they're first trying to get sober. And sometimes I think that I have to sit down and and talk to them and discuss things with them. And in all reality, what I should be doing is just kind of focusing on the little things that sometimes can trigger them, sometimes derail them, sometimes hurt them. Quick story, you know, my client who now has about 120 days clean from alcohol and like 16 plus days clean from pot, last week the universe was testing him. He got the potential for some news that in the past would have driven him into relapse. And you know what he did? He relied upon his team. He actually came to his team and he says, this is what's happening right now. I need some support. And everybody literally came together. They rose him up. And today he got news that this potential very bad news was gone. And he had said it's the first time in over four years that he's been off of everything this long. And he went through something that was incredibly stressful. And he actually stayed clean. It was a huge victory. And the biggest thing that people did was they just supported him. How can we be here for you? One of his team members got him a journal because he's actually journaling and writing things out now. So if you're listening to this, 
as opposed to being critical as someone maybe attempting to get clean because you know they're going to fail and they're just going to fall back into what they were before, who can you be to support them so that they know that you deeply love them, that you appreciate them, and that you are going to be there in their time of need as they choose and go through the battle of getting sober as they start being in recovery. First off, Jim, I love the story of of your clients because it's huge. 16 days is huge. One day is huge. And I, I think we need to probably on this podcast do a better job of kind of celebrating people maybe that we know and not mention them by name, but but talk about how people are getting through things. Yeah. They may hear us, you know, who are not that I'm in, not that I'm in long-term sobriety, but they hear, you know, that I'm coming up on a thousand days sober and things like that. And it seems a little overwhelming and maybe even out of reach, but we can celebrate the fact that some people are getting five days, 10 days. And, right. and you know, we all have been there before. I can remember one of my first uh, AA meetings, somebody got a two-year coin. And I remember thinking, ha ha ha, that's funny. That'll never be me. So I think it's important that we make people realize that we all didn't just start at two years. We went through the early stages of sobriety. We went through the the tough times, not the times now are always easy, but we went through the really hard and tough times. And it was because I was able to get through them, like you said, because of my support system, because of the people around me. And again, I think we focus so much on like the people, whether it's a 12-step sponsor or it's a mentor or somebody with sobriety. The point of this podcast today, I think, is more to talk about the people that are maybe on the periphery. Maybe you don't even understand recovery, and and that's why you're listening, and you don't understand addiction, and so you're listening to this. And I've told so many people to tune in who have some loved ones that they're going to be dealing with for the first time in a long time who are are trying to get stay clean. You know, they're clean maybe a short time. I have one person in particular who's got thirty something days clean right now, and their families letting them come to Thanksgiving. It's yeah. the first Thanksgiving they'll be able to go to in a really long time. That's huge. Because they've really destroyed that relationship. It's huge. It's amazing. And it's, it's, it's where it starts, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think we, what we've done is we have the family listen to this so they can understand. And we talked about it a lot during the holiday thing, the holiday one. And I said, you know, if, if you have a loved one who struggles with alcohol, don't have the alcohol there. And don't ask a bunch of questions. Don't poke a lot and, and do all that. Sometimes just being there for them listening to them, loving them, having some empathy, understanding what they're going through. They know they ruined and destroyed everything and and they don't need to be pointed out. So, so have a little grace and a little bit of love for them throughout this time. And one of the things I want to say, remember, if somebody is attempting to be clean inside of their own head, they are going to be a hundred times harder on themselves than you can ever be. One of the things that I know from coaching the thousands of people that I've coached is the voice that's inside of you. And again, I'm going to say, right, if you say, man, that guy is crazy, there is no voice inside of you. That's the voice I'm talking about. That voice will crucify you for every error, especially as you're attempting to get clean. Those first 30 days It's literally a war inside of your own head between the lightness and the love that you know that you have in here and the darkness, the addiction, and all of those dark voices telling you 
what a piece of crap you are telling you you can't do this. It's just one, just one drink, just one whatever, just one of them and you'll be better. If you're listening to this and you're supporting and you're dealing with somebody, just be love like the first time you saw them as a little baby. And just be love for three days, okay? For this, just be love through Sunday. Or if they're coming, like in Kevin's example, if they're coming for the first time, just be love for eight hours. It's easy for us to say all of this and and knowing, you know, that maybe people are like, oh my gosh, you don't know what they've put me through. And you're right, we don't. Right. But I, well, I know but here's and, and the what thing. Jim said is so true. Yeah, they put you through hell. Let's acknowledge that right now. If you're listening to this and you're dealing with one of those people, they've put you through hell. We acknowledge that. They want to get better. And we're not asking you. Yeah, they, they definitely want to get better. They don't like who they are when they're active in addiction at all. And we're not asking you to all of a sudden leave your purse out around them if they stole in the past or to, to give them money or give them anything like that. No, we're just saying just be there for them. And, you know, as we talked about on the one, one podcast, kind of just hold the space, mm-hmm. just be there with them, listen to them, hear them out, treat them like a human being, treat them with a little bit of dignity and just see what can happen. And there's a, a high probability that, that they may fail. And that's the reality of this disease that's out there of addiction. That's just awful. But I know one thing that you ridiculing them and, and tearing them down when they're really trying and they're making a real effort, even if it's effort number 500 they're doing it. Encouragement is going to drive them to success much more than than ripping them down. Now, again, not saying enable them or anything like that, but just being there for them, sometimes silently, sometimes just, just listening to them and, and understanding what they're going through. Maybe even offer to, if they want to go to a meeting, offer say, hey, you want me to go to a meeting with you? I think some of that stuff can be beautiful, you know, Whatever they were doing before wasn't working, and maybe whatever you were doing as a family before wasn't working either. So try something new. Try something different. And I always say, and it's one thing that's been beat into me, I think, through recovery, and I mean that in a good way, and that's to lead with love. Yes. Always lead with love. And you never understand how sick someone else is. So I try to just always treat everyone else like, it sounds funny, but like they're sick because I want to give them the same grace and mercy that I have been given in my life, which is like a billion times over from my family, from my friends, from the people around me and in my life. And I want to give that back out. And we're also saying create safe boundaries. If you have prescription drugs, put them away where they cannot get them. If there is alcohol or drugs in the house, put them away where they cannot get them. You don't have to make a big deal about this. Do it quietly, do it intently, and do it before they get there. So literally, they show up in a safe house that they can have a safe experience from you. And even when they go in the bathroom because they're stressed to all get out, they're not going to open the medicine cabinet and there the drugs are and there the temptation is and there the thing is because until you get solid with your recovery, it is an internal battle with the addict and they really want to do the right thing. But when they get stressed out 
and all of a sudden they open the, the cabinet and there the antidepressants are or there the drugs are. It's just, again, that little voice in the back of their head, that dark little voice comes in and says, just one. But with good boundaries, you clean all that stuff up. You lock everything up. Yes, go ahead, Kevin. First off, that was awesome how you said do it quietly. I can re- relate to, I know my family did that. I know that they got rid of a lot of things. They hid the alcohol. They hid everything. Nobody knows how to act. And, and I understand that. That's the thing. If they just came out of rehab or if they're like, nobody knows how to act. They don't know how to act. It's uncomfortable. And, and I think opening up the communication lines, talking about it, again, seeing how comfortable the, the newly sober person is, but also how comfortable the family is to talk about it. They may not be ready to talk about much yet either, but doing it quietly and with dignity and and realizing that it won't always be this way. If they're really walking a path and they're pursuing recovery and they're doing the things that they need to do, you won't have to hide alcohol maybe the next time or the time after that. Like here I am, I'm going to go to uh, Thanksgiving at my family's house and I'm sure there'll be alcohol there probably being consumed. And that's fine with me. It doesn't bother me at all because I've worked a program mm-hmm. and I have that daily reprieve where I don't have the obsession to do those things. And I'm thankful for that. But early on, it was important and vital that that stuff was not the path. It's the path of least resistance I'm going to take. And for me, a lot of times, if the alcohol was sitting there, I was going to drink it because that's easier. It was easier. That's just how I knew how to deal with my problems, to do with stress, to do with anxiety. And it's going to be a highly stressful time for them and for you. So just be ready for that. I love the doing it quietly, Jim. That's huge. I didn't yeah. think of that. That was That's very important. You don't want to embarrass anybody. And that's the other thing. Sorry, Jim. I always act like I'm done and then I keep going. But I love it. The last thing that you need to, yeah, the last thing that needs to happen whenever they get there is you'd be like, oh, don't worry. We, <laughs> we hit all the alcohol or we know how you are or something. Like, don't beat them down. Don't kick them while they're down. You know, they're already ashamed. They're embarrassed. They don't know how to act. You know, I, I just, I can only speak from my own experience. And, you know, I got, I got sober in April and the next holiday was probably, I mean, there was Halloween and stuff like that. Uh, Cause I was in treatment through 4th of July, which was a, a very strategic thing in my head because I knew that would be a bad time for me probably. So got out right after that. But I can remember, you know, the, the first few holidays, nobody knew how to act, you know, and I didn't know how to act. I was so nervous. Like, what are somebody going to ask me what's going to happen? And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but just being there for them. Like I had some family members that just kind of sat there and like listened to me and talked to me and and loved me really is, is the best way that I could describe it. And there's a time and a place too. like if they owe you some amends, you know, like in the program I work, we make amends and you may be if they're in that same program, you may be waiting for that. You're sitting back there waiting for it. You're like, oh, they I wonder if they're at that point yet where they're making amends. Well, I'm just going to say, don't expect it. You know, I heard in rehab too, expectations are just resentments on layaway. And it goes for, for this situation too. Thanksgiving dinner. It may be, but it's probably not the time and the place for them to make their amends with you. Yeah. So let's just kind of give them a little grace, give them a little time to to get to that point. And the other thing, I want you all to think about this. It's okay not to know how to be. It is completely okay. Do not be hard on yourself because you don't know how to be. Neither do they. The game becomes being truly in the unknown, 
Because if you do not know how to be with them and they do not know how to be with you, in that field of not knowing, you can choose to simply be with each other exactly as you are. You will find that the awkwardness goes away. But it, you have to be okay being in the unknown. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate being in the unknown. I know that much. I, I just want to maybe, I guess, change a little bit of the, the tone or the tune here. And just one thing that can be extremely beautiful throughout this holiday season and maybe with people kind of coming out of the pandemic and things like that is if you've got someone who maybe has 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, or maybe there's six months, maybe it's coming over a year and you just haven't seen them because the time hasn't been right. I would just be excited because you're going to see some beautiful things. Yes. I know some people like that I've seen that got some time and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty beautiful when you just see like the real them come out, the one maybe you haven't seen in a long time and you, you notice it and you see it and you just, it, you, I can't help but smile thinking about it because seeing families restored, seeing people like that were just near death, they were on the hard drugs or even just if they were, I say just alcohol, alcohol kills you know, millions of people. So whatever they were on, seeing them dry from those things, sober from those things, clean from those things, and seeing that new life in them and just watching people come alive again. And there's people I've seen in meetings, there's close friends, there's even family I've seen that, you know, they came to the first meeting and they looked like they were going to die. And now here they are uh, recently given people one year coin that did that. And now they're healthy, they're vibrant, they're alive. It may be awkward, but let yourself kind of see just just the the progress that's been made. It's beautiful. Oh, can I tell you a little bit? You know, you know my guy who's got 116 days from alcohol and 16 plus days. He looks alive. The bags under his eyes are gone. He looks like he's actually enjoying life again. And the funny thing is, is his team is beginning to notice it. If you're out there, the cleaner they get, the clearer they look. Acknowledge that they look good. That makes such a powerful influence because then these people that are doing the hard work, they actually begin to feel good. And as they feel good, that is where their recovery is solidified. I can remember when I first got sober and I was at the holidays and people saw me and I had lost some weight, which was, it's a little unique for people that are getting clean and sober, but I, I had lost some weight. Uh, my skin got clear. Uh, I looked younger and, you know, I will say that it felt really darn good to hear people be like, man, you look great, man, you look good. And it really, it, it re, uh, it reaffirmed that what I was doing was right and it helped energize me. And so, you know, just in closing, I I just want to challenge you if you're out there and you are newly sober, go out there and just just put put on your best clothes, you know, look the best that you can. Be ready, go there, visit your family, whoever's there and 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 then if you're out there and your loved one is coming in into your home maybe for the first time in a while and they're just newly sober, or they're just really trying and they're they're doing their best, just just try to love them and try to be there for them and just be in their presence. 
And if you see some good things in them, call out those good things. You know, they've, they're constantly, constantly bombarded in their own head with negative, negative, negative. So if you can throw some positive at them, I'm sure that it will help them in the long run and help them stay sober. We thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Sobriety Elevated. Please rate us, share us, like us, all those good things. If this holiday time is going to be stressful to you, which I'm sure that it will, we have the course that we've all been waiting for by the wonderful and amazing Jim Pakonan, who happens to be the guy that I'm talking to on this podcast. Jim, can you give the details on where they can find it and what they can do? If you're on Facebook, go to Sobriety Elevated. The link is there. It's also on Amazing Life Design. And it's a course that's going to assist you to deal with the stress. If if the stress of the family is going to take out your recovery, this is the course for you. Because it's going to allow you to sail through the holidays empowered with the wind of possibility in your sails. Come on to the Sobriety Elevated podcast. The link is there. Want to thank you for listening. And yes, we're going to be putting a Thanksgiving episode out Thursday morning. So we look forward to seeing everybody in the next episode. We will talk to you guys on Thanksgiving. <laughs>